Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. With your host, Larry Lease. Join us every week this season as we dive into the life and crimes of serial killers. From the butcher baker, Robert Hansen. To the Golden State Killer, Joseph D'Angelo. A model young man, a law student, who even worked at a suicide prevention phone line, and who had a promising career in politics with graduation in psychology. Quite a description for any person with a decent line of living. Unfortunately, the above-mentioned descriptions are not of a random stranger, but of Ted Buddy. A model young man, a law student who even worked at a suicide prevention phone line, and who had a promising career in law and politics, with graduation in psychology. Quite a description for any person with a decent line of living. Unfortunately, the above-mentioned descriptions are not of a random stranger, but of Ted Bundy, the notorious serial killer. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. And now the birth and childhood of Ted Bundy. Eleanor Louise Cowell, who went by Louise, was 22 years old and unmarried when she gave birth to her son Ted. Ted's father may have been a Lloyd Marshall, an Air Force veteran and a Penn State graduate, according to Ann Rule, a co-worker of Ted's and the author of the book, The Stranger Beside Me. Other sources had Ted's father name is Jack Worthington, while some rumors had it that his father was also his grandfather. Yeah, that gets complicated. Because Ted's birth certificate lists his father as unknown, his biological father's identity may never be confirmed. In 1951, Louise married Johnny Bundy. While Ted took his name, he reportedly didn't have much respect for his stepfather, whom he resented for being too uneducated and working class. Johnny and Louise had several children together. Louise was working as a secretary at the University of Puget Sound and still married to Johnny in the 1970s when Ted was accused of his crimes. She refused to believe the charges for years, although she changed her stance after he confessed. Bundy was born in Burlington, Vermont on November 24, 1946. 
Bundy started life as his mother's secret shame as his illegitimate birth humiliated her deeply religious parents. Louise delivered Ted at a home for unwed mothers in Vermont and later brought her son to her parents in Philadelphia. And now on to the beginnings of Ted Bundy. From all appearances, Bundy grew up in a content, working-class family. He showed an unusual interest in the macabre at an early age. Around the age of three, he became fascinated by knives. A shy but bright child, Bundy did well in school, but not with his peers. As a teenager, a darker side of his character started to emerge. Bundy liked to peer in other people's windows and thought nothing of stealing things he wanted from other people. In interviews, he recalled being antisocial and wandering the streets looking for discarded pornography or open windows through which he could spy on unsuspecting women. He also had an extensive juvenile record for theft that was dismissed when he turned 18. By 1972, he had graduated college and showed great promise in a career in law or politics. That career would be cut short. If you enjoy the true crime stories featured on this podcast, please consider supporting us by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash TCNS. Your support helps us grow the show. Thank you for being a listener and supporter of the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Though when he discovered his true pa- passion, viciously assaulting his earliest confirmed victim in 1974. Bundy graduated from the University of Washington with a degree in psychology in 1972. He had been accepted to law school in Utah, although he would never earn his degree. While a student at the University of Washington, Bundy fell in love with a wealthy, pretty young woman from California. She had everything that he wanted, money, class, and influence. He was devastated by their breakup. Many of Bundy's later victims resembled his college girlfriend, attractive students with long, dark hair. By the mid-1970s, Bundy had transformed himself, becoming more outwardly confident and active in social and political matters. He even got a letter of recommendation from the Republican governor of Washington after working on his campaign. Bundy confessed to 36 killings of young women across several states in the 1970s, but experts believe that final tally may be closer to 100 or more. The exact number of women Bundy killed will never be known. His killings usually followed a gruesome pattern. He often raped his victims before beating them to death. While there is some debate as to when Bundy started killing, most sources say that he began his rampage around 1974. Around this time, many women in the Seattle area and in nearby Oregon went missing. Stories circulated about some of the victims last being seen in the company of a young, dark-haired man known as Ted. He often lured his victims into his car by pretending to be injured and asking for their help. Their kindness proved to be a fatal mistake. In the fall of 1974, Bundy moved to Utah to attend law school, and women began disappearing there as well. The following year, he was pulled over by the police. A search of his vehicle uncovered a cache of burglary tools, a crowbar, a face mask, rope, and handcuffs. He was arrested for possession of these tools, and the police began to link him to much more sinister crimes. In 1975, Bundy was arrested in the kidnapping of Carol DeRanche. 
one of the few women to escape his clutches. He was convicted and received a 1-15 to 15 year jail sentence. Bundy managed to escape from prison twice in 1977. The first time he was indicted on murder charges for the death of a young Colorado woman and decided to act as, as his own lawyer in the case. During a trip to the courthouse library, he jumped out a window and made his first escape. He was captured eight days later. You would think these guys would learn. In December, Bundy escaped from custody again. Climbed out of a hole he made in the ceiling of his cell, having dropped more than 30 pounds to fit through the small opening. Authorities did not discover that Bundy was missing for 15 hours, giving the serial killer a big head start on the police. After Bundy's second escape from prison, he eventually made his way to Tallahassee, Florida. On the night of January 14, 1978, Bundy broke into the Chi Omega sorority house at Florida State University. He attacked four of the young female residents, killing two of them. On February 9th, Bundy kidnapped and murdered a 12-year-old girl named Kimberly Leach. These crimes marked the end of his murderous rampages. He was soon pulled over by the police that February. For years in the 1970s, Bundy targeted young women and girls, raping, killing them, and then dumping their bodies. In one final sick insult to those he had murdered, he went off and returned to where he had abandoned the bodies and have sex with their corpses. Bundy only stopped his final indignity when the body became de too decomposed or had been eaten by animals. He would also collect several of his victims' heads as sick, as sick trophies and would perform sex acts on them after covering them in makeup. In a further gruesome confession, Bundy even admitted to eating parts of his victims' bodies so he could possess them and they would become part of him. Bundy claimed he was addicted to murder, saying, You feel their last bit of breath leaving their body. You're looking in their eyes. A person in that situation is God. Bundy was finally arrested, tried, and sentenced to death. Bundy's good looks, charm, and intelligence made him something of a celebrity during his trial. Bundy fought for his life, but was convicted and spent nine years on death row, appealing his death sentence. In 1979, Bundy was convicted for the two Chi Omega murders at FSU. He was given the death penalty twice. He received another death sentence in 1980 for the murder of Kimberly Leach. Bundy appealed, trying to take his case as high as the U.S. Supreme Court, but he was turned down. He also offered some information on some of the unsolved murders to, to avoid Florida's electric chair, but he could not delay justice forever and was executed in 1989. He was executed by an electric chair, and following his death, scientists were determined to find out what turned the seemingly upstanding citizen into a monster. Bundy's brain was removed, and a series of experiments carried out to determine why he had carried out his horrific crimes. Certain brain injuries have been linked to criminality by some researchers. And Bundy had told the detective, who was instrumental in bringing him to justice, that when he felt the urge to rape and kill, it was like a chemical tidal wave washing through his brain. He compared it to being addicted to drugs. But when scientists examined Bundy's brain, it was found to be totally normal, with no lesions, injuries, or deformities. His body was then cremated, and Bundy's final wish was honored, with his ashes scattered on the same mountain where he had dumped several of his victims' bodies. Eleanor Rose, the mother of one of his victims... Denise Naslin said, For everything he did to the girls, the bludgeoning, the strangulation, humiliating their bodies, torturing them, 
I feel that the electric chair is too good for him. And that would be the same for all who go through his life. Let there be no more Ted Bundy's in this little world. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. That's True Crime NS. Or you can like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Join us next week as we dive into the life and crimes of the BTK killer. Thank you for listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. Follow us on Twitter at True Crime NS. Like us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps. Tune in next week for an all-new episode. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.